This program is brought to you by Brining Institute, which has provided higher education, training, testing, and certification for addiction professionals since 1986. What can we do to improve motivation? Okay. Because it's our job, right? Again, people used to think that either a client was motivated or they weren't. And it had nothing to do with us. You either come in and you're motivated uh, or you're not and you're hopeless. Okay? And I would hope that my example of that friend, that, that ex-client, uh, is an example of how not true that is. Okay? You know, now it's believed as counselors that we can successfully nudge clients along in their motivation. Okay? Here's some assumptions about motivation. Uh, again, it comes from the tip, so. Uh, motivation is a key to change. Whatever kind of motivation. Mot I don't care. Internal, external, um, values. Um, want to look better in your bathing suit, whatever kind of motivation, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, that's, that's basically, I don't care if it's um, what therapeutic approach you're coming from. You know, a lot of the therapeutic approaches talk about different reasons that we, we change. Um, and that some of it, you know, we want self-actualization or we want to be successful or we want whatever. Um, either way, everybody pretty much is... The, is, is there's this consensus that motivation is what drives us to change. Okay? So another thing is motivation is multidimensional. What do you think that means? Okay? You know, it's, it's about the internal urges and uh, desires and external pressures and goals and, and uh, perceptions about risks. That's a risk. They're going to urine test me. And that's a huge risk. I'm going to lose my job. Mm-hmm. And then it's also about, you know, behaviors, um, values, you know, all sorts of stuff. It's very multifaceted about motivation. It's not just at one level. It's internal, it's external, it's, you know, it's values, it's, it's goals that you want that have to do with money, it's all sorts of stuff. It's very multidimensional, okay? Motivation is dynamic and fluctuating. What does that mean? Yes. I mean, it really, what it's talking about is that it can, it can vary in its intensity. I mean, sometimes it's like, aren't you really motivated to do something? And then the next day you're not quite as motivated. You know, and that it also, uh, you know, you, one day you're on fire, the next day you're not, you know. And, and some of that is about us relighting that fire for them, being a part of that. You know, it's not like, oh my God, I've got this really motivated client and therefore they're going to stay that way. That's just not true. Or, oh my God, I've got this client that has no motivation and therefore they're going to stay that way. Okay? Um, another thing, motivation can be modified. Oh, I want to go back on one, but I'll, I'll do that one. What do you think that means? That motivation is, is accessible and can be modified or enhanced at many points in the change process. It talks about clients may have to hit bottom or experience terrible, irreparable consequences of their behavior to become aware of the need for change. Okay? 
Um, but it also talks about, you know what they talk about, um, you know, EAPs and stuff. EAPs came in, you know, to, to where people didn't necessarily have to, to lose their job. You know, and maybe they could step in and stop and prevent a really good employee that has a drinking problem from losing their job. Okay, uh, and and so it 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 can be modified. It can be changed. We can work with it. We can do what we need to do, and it can be you know some of that can come from inside and some of it from external stuff too. Okay. Um, and it talks about, you know, we, we counselors can access and enhance a person's motivation to change well before huge damage has to be done. We can be a part of that. You know, I, I went to a meeting not long ago, and I'm sure you guys have heard it. It's like, uh, you know, y y your bottom can be wherever you decide to quit digging. You know, I love it when people say you got to hit bottom. What does that mean? Because my bottom looks way different than your bottom. Okay, and that's, you know, it's like we can help them decide that this is their bottom way before. Okay, the one that I skipped that I want to come back to. Motive, now check this out, isn't this true? Motivation can be influenced by social interactions. I mean, isn't that the truth? If I'm hanging out with, uh, you know, what in my day we called them the burnouts, then I'm probably going to be motivated by the burnouts. If I'm hanging out with the band members, then I'm probably going to be motivated to do what the band members are going to do. You know, our social interactions are very much. That's why, you know, what, in 12-step recovery they say, and I don't mean this, is stick with the winners. You know, in other words, stick with the people who are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Okay? Or that other one, if you hang out in a barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. In other words, you hang out with people getting loaded, you're going to get loaded. Okay? Um... And those people very much motivate us. I got motivated to get loaded because I wanted to fit in. Okay? Because that's what the people were doing that I was hanging out with. Um, motivation, and hear this loud and clear. Motivation is influenced by the counselor's style. You have, uh, you have the ability to motivate people just on your, by your style. Right? I mean, if, have you ever been in a room with a drab, motivating, drab, lack of motivating teacher? You know, it's like, how are you going to get people to get excited about a new life if you sound like you're ready to die? Yeah. You know? I mean, really, I mean, it really is. I talked to the girls like, honey, you are telling me that you want a joyful life, but you're talking to me like this. I mean, I, I say no. It's like when you're talking to me about your joyful life, then talk to me about a joyful life. Be excited. Be animated. You know, let's, let's go there. And if I'm going to tell people to be that, I better be starting to be that myself and be able to be that person, okay? Um, last but not least, counsel, the counselor's task is to elicit and enhance motivation. It is our job to do whatever we got to do, of course ethically, uh, to elicit and enhance, to bring out and, and make bigger their motivation, okay? It, that's our job. It is not their job to come in ah, motivated. 
not excited. It's our job to bring that out for them, okay? All right. Why, why enhance motivation with techniques? Why do we want to enhance motivation with techniques? Okay, so number one. If I'm, whatever technique, I don't care what technique. Uh, what if this was the technique to enhance your motivation? Well, right here, Ray just said so. Here, my technique to enhance your motivation is that I'm going to UA you three times a week. That's a technique to enhance motivation. It really is. That's going to motivate him to stay clean if he wants to keep his job. It is. It's a technique. Okay? So it inspires motivation to change. Okay? These techniques that we do, whatever it might be, whether it be that, whether, whatever it might be, it inspires motivation to change. Mot techniques also will prepare the client to enter treatment. If we, whatever technique we use to, to enhance motivation, we can prepare a client to enter treatment. Um, I had a phone screening this week with a lady who uh, she thought outpatient would be fine, and I'm not saying it's not, it, it is. She had just gotten out of jail for a DUI, da 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 da. And she didn't want to come into residential treatment because uh, she hated jail. It was her first time in jail, and she thought residential treatment sounds a lot like jail. And, um, and she didn't want to come. Um, And she was, you know, really adamant that outpatient and Alcoholics Anonymous will work for her. And, but she sat down and she had a conversation with her family and, and two days later called me crying and saying, can I come to treatment? So somewhere in that conversation with her family, I had, we had invited her to come and sit in on a group and see that this isn't jail. That's what we did. It's like, come and sit in a group, because I didn't want to force her, you know. Well, I can't force her anyway, but I just invited her to come and see, you know. But somewhere in between there, she had a conversation with her family, and I don't know what they said to her, but she called crying and saying, you know, I want to come into treatment. So these techniques we can, we, we can do to motivate people can get them into treatment faster. Does that make sense? You know, whatever it might be. Um, and prepares the clients to enter treatment. Also, it engages and retains clients in treatment. So whatever we use, whatever, you know, why we would enhance motivation with techniques is that also it engages and retains clients in treatment. I better have some sort of something going on to get people to want to stay. Okay? And to get them to, uh, to get them to engage. Staying is one thing, but to actually get them to participate, I've got to have some sort of magic up my sleeve, some sort of style, some sort of something that gets them to want to go, yes, I want this. Okay? Um, if, if I can do whatever I got to do to get them to increase their participation and their involvement, Okay, because you know, the more they participate, the more they get involved, the better their chances of recovery are. You know, sitting on a bump on a log is not going to get you recovery. Okay, and then improving treatment outcomes. 
We just said that basically. The people that are engaged and get excited and get motivated, those are the ones that generally do better. Or they're the ones that get back faster. Okay? If they end up, if they end up relapsing. All right, and then also, which is just actually what I just said, encourages a rapid return to treatment if the symptoms re reoccur. In other words, if they liked what they were doing, I've had clients that relapse. We get clients that relapse. We get clients that did great and they relapse. Just because they relapse doesn't mean that they sucked in treatment. You know, and we've had clients that. Uh, that go out and, and end up coming back. Or we get clients that go, I'm not, feeling, I'm not feeling it, I'm feeling slippery. I got one right now that's hanging out a lot at the treatment facility, you know, because she left the first time and relapsed. And so now she's coming around a lot and she's, you know, and, and there must be a reason she's coming back. Something is motivating her to come back. And hopefully it's something there that's engaging for her. You know, because there's other places that are probably more cool to hang around than a treatment facility. Okay? So that's why we want to, you know, enhance motivation with techniques. Whatever you got, do it. Ethically, of course. Okay? Now, the way we interact with our clients has a crucial impact on how they respond to treatment. Now, when I say that, I don't mean blow smoke up their rear ends. So that they like you and so they keep coming back. I don't mean it like that at all. The way I interact, uh, a lot of times I'll get people, people might say, oh yeah, I've heard of you. And I think, oh, well, what have they heard? You know, because I, uh, I definitely, clients will leave and talk about me because I've either, you know, it's a rare event someone gets out where they haven't had an episode with me, <laughs> you know, where we haven't had a, an interaction that has been uh, uh, confrontational. Well, and I don't mean explosive, I mean confrontational, okay? And so a lot of times when I'll, the worker will go, oh, yeah, I've heard of you, I think, oh my gosh, what did they say? Um, uh, uh, who we are with these people really makes a difference. It really makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And my personality, but yeah, I think so. I really want, you know, <coughs> we get clients out of, we get clients out of 25 different counties because what we do is such a, you know, perinatal where you can bring your kids. So we get, you know, I have a client from Oregon right now. We have clients from all over, Yuba and Sutter and Tehama and Mariposa and Stanislaw. I got clients from all over right now. Um, and I so, so many of them, I see that they haven't even seen another way of life. They think that this is what life is. Life is about being raised on welfare, and I don't mean that disrespectfully to anybody, you know, because welfare is there for a reason, and, and I believe in it, you know. But, but so many of them, it's so generational that all they know is that $555 a month, and, and food stamps, and drugs, and uh, you know, I had a client come in, she was 18, she was raising her baby, she was living in a shack that had no running water and no electricity and she thought that was okay, she thought that's how life was. And I'm not saying it's not okay, my point is, is that I want to show her there's more. So yeah, sometimes I get passionate about it and sometimes in my passion it's like, what are you thinking, you know, and, and stuff like that. 
But I will tell you that I want to be that engaging with them, that I want to be the voice that haunts them when they decide to go get loaded again. Yeah, and I will often tell the girls, in fact, they'll start to say it. You know, I'll sit in a group and I'll confront one of them, I'll challenge them, whatever you want to call it, and the other one will go, if Teresa quits confronting you, that's when you need to be worried because that's when she'll think you're not worth, you know, you're hopeless. And I think, very cool that they're telling each other that because, you know, it's kind of like that. It's like, man, I still believe in you until you're dragging your garbage bag down the driveway with your clothes deciding to go get low. But I'm going to stay on you and stay on you. And I think that that's our job. And I think it has an impact on our people. We want it. Other ways of increasing motivation. Okay? We can help increase motivation by focusing on strengths. This is something I have to work on, actually. And like I said, so that's when it's like the yays. Focusing on their strengths, okay? Using empathy. More than authority. Okay? I could go to work tomorrow. Not tomorrow. I don't want to go to work tomorrow. I can go to work on Monday and I can tell those women what to do and all of them will do what I say. Most, I mean, really, they would. But really, is it going to work? It's, who said that a minute ago? I think it was Ray maybe that said it. You know, when we were talking about the intrinsic and extrinsic. I can tell them what to do, you know, but wouldn't it be better if they, they had this wow, this like respect or this whatever where they, they're just like, they wanted to, to follow, they wanted to do it versus I'm doing it. Now some of them come in and they're doing it because they're told at first. But eventually it's like even when it comes down to the chores, you have to do your chore, da 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 da. But when I present that to them, it's like this is not just chores, this is integrity. This is a whole new way of life. This is living in a clean house versus a dirty house. This is about da 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 da. This is about building self-esteem. And that's a lot more motivating than go do your chore. You're going to do it da 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 da. And they, you know, slowly give them a, a reason why they might want to do that chore. We've actually quit calling it a chore now. And we call it a job. And, we've, and they come and they interview for their job. They have to dress and interview for their job. And you're no longer, you're cooking today. You're the culinary person. You're the culinary worker, you're the landscape maintenance, da 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 da, you're the this. Even that is motivating. Yes, you know, and they can actually, I mean, honestly, because some of our women stay in treatment for six months, nine months, even a year. Um, you, could, you could use it on a resume. I was a culinary, culinary, I can't remember what the top lady is called in the kitchen. I don't know, but to be able to say that that's what was my job. So back to what I said, it's the small things about building self-esteem, you know? It's not the, you know, it's, it's, I made my bed today. And then when the, you say, I can't do it, you say, remember when you did that? Uh-huh. I wasn't even there, and I can't right. say, you already took care of it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it exactly. Okay. 
Number three, recognizing, okay, we can help increase motivation by, uh, we have to be able to recognize I don't know if I spelled that right. Disorders. We gotta be able to recognize mental health issues. Have to. Okay? If we don't recognize mental health issues, um, we are certainly not gonna be able to be a part of, uh, of motivating folks. Okay? We really gotta be able to see you know, I, oh, we have this incredible woman in our facility, but when she came in, we ended up taking her, she's eight months pregnant, and she had like, she just, honestly, it was like, I just want to get rid of this baby so, and have my baby be safe with my mom so that I can just go die, basically, truly, that's what she was, and, and she didn't, she, we ended up, you know, she just wanted, she really wanted to die. You know, and then I ended up sending her to our psych ward in our county. And, uh, you know, because when you're pregnant, they don't want you on psych meds. And even if you need them, a lot of folks don't want you on them. And we really had to do some hustling to get her on some psych meds because it was like, oh my God, this woman's going to kill herself prior to having this baby, you know. And we got her, and, and, I, and it, when we sent her to the psych ward, she was like, promise me you'll let me come back. She so didn't, you know, like, like nobody had cared about her, nobody anything. And, and she thought, like, maybe I'm just trying to get rid of her. And, and I just was like, I promise you, I promise you, I will let you come back. I promise you, I will, you know, we will let you back in this facility. I just need you to get stable. I just need, and, and here it is now. In fact, she just became a phase two, so she's been there six weeks. She's like a whole different human being. And, think, she's in charge of our kitchen, which is not easy. You know, because at our facility, you're cooking for 30 adults and a bunch of screaming memes running around. And she's in charge of our kitchen. And this is a woman who, you know, just wanted to get rid of her baby so she could just go die. You know, we have to be able to see when our clients need some assistance. And I was just, you know, she felt like a failure because she needed meds. And it was like, oh, honey, no. No, the failure would be not seeing that you need meds and ignoring it. You know, yeah. we've got to recognize co-occurring disorders. It is a huge, old school Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous used to say, if you're on meds, you're not clean and sober. It kills people. I've got clients now, do I think that I have clients that don't need psych meds that are on them? You know, yes, I think there's clients that, of course you're depressed. You've been using methamphetamine for five years. You know, and no, you don't need a bunch of meds, but okay, that's not my job. There's a therapist that's doing that for them. But I also know that I have clients in the facility without their psych meds, there's no way they could even stay in the facility, let alone listen and function. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've been working on, they've never been diagnosed with the other disorder, mm -hmm. so they've been self-medicating right. for years mm -hmm. with alcohol or the drugs, right. really trying to fix this disorder right. on their own. Right, and this is an opportunity where now they can work on the addiction and the psych part together. You know, they've been working on one or the other, but never both. Now let's do both, okay? So we have to see those. The next one, centering treatment on the individual. Back to what we said earlier, that is treatment on 
Okay, I am not going to give the same treatment plan to Jamie that I'm going to give to Ray. You all have different needs. Some of you might need some job training, some of you may not. Some of you might need some parenting, some of you, although I think most of our women, I don't care how, if you're using drugs, you're not the parent of the lifetime, you know. And I think parenting skills are always being changed and enhanced and, and improved upon. So I think all of our women, even the women without kids that are only 18 and don't have kids yet, I want them in parenting because probably someday they're going to decide to be a parent. So I think everyone can use it. Um, but, but, and yet to different degrees and different levels. But, you know, I'm going to create your treatment plan for you and yours for you and yours for you and yours for you. You know, each person is an individual with individual needs. Okay? Um, if I treat you all the same, then you're not going to be very motivated. All right? And I tell my clients, they think, well, everybody should be treated the same. No, you shouldn't. You're different. Why would I treat you the same? Okay? I have different expectations. If you came in and you weren't even brushing your teeth, why would I have the same expectation of your growth as the girl that came in and was running an office? Okay? Um, respecting the client's autonomy. By that, we have to respect, that's a self-government and choices. By that, we have to respect that our clients have the right to make their own choices, whether we like it or not. They have the right to make their own choices. Oh my God, if I had the right to make their choices, most of them would be single. <laughs> If I had the right to make their choices, I, they wouldn't read their jail mail. If I had the right to make their choices, gosh, you know, sorry, uh, Mike might edit this. If I had the right to make their choices, most of them would get their tubes tied or their serious birth control until they had some, until they had some sobriety. But I don't have the right to do that. So when I had my client with 10 babies already and wasn't raising any of them and she was there pregnant with her 11th, she wasn't raising any of the 10. Is that the serious number you're talking? Yes, I'm serious. I'm very serious. Very, very serious. Yes, pregnant with her 11th. And while she was standing there pregnant with her 11th was talking about how she's going to have a 12th so that number 11 isn't raised alone. And, and I, appropriate, maybe, not, maybe, I said, could you contemplate a couple years sobriety before you work on 12? You know, so I did say that, can you contemplate? Um, but you know, she has the right to make her own choices. Even if I think they're not smart. <laughs> you know? You have the right to go and be with your girlfriend or da 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 that is also out sleeping with all sorts of other people. And I just, I want to try to get you motivated to think that you're worth more than that. But I have to also give you that you get to make your own choices. Okay? Believe me, while I have you in my little confined space for a while, I'm going to try to show you that there's more. 
and and all sorts of groups on self-esteem and you know and to try to get you to see but but you get to make your own choices you know I don't get to withhold your mail and stuff like that I'm not doing that you get to make that decision on your own if I make it for you then it's really not your decision and when you get out you'll go back to your own stuff anyway okay all right because I think people think motivational techniques are like going to be yay yays and just that. But let's look at these motivational techniques. Remember, motivational techniques don't have to make you happy. Okay? Okay, time-tested motivational techniques. The first thing they talk about is contract or treatment plan. You will create treatment plans for your clients. And it really is a contract. At the bottom of the treatment plan, you will sign it, your client will sign it. At our facility, a doctor signs it, and, and also the supervisor of the counselor signs it. Four people sign this contract, and it is a contract. It's basically, the client is agreeing that this is what they'll do while they're in treatment with you, whether it be outpatient or whether it be residential. So, and you'll understand more of what I'm, how many people know what I'm talking about when I say treatment plan? Cool, okay? It is, it's like, this is your problem, this is your goal, this is what you're going to do to achieve your goal. And then you do that in six different dimensions, at least at our facility. So it is a contract, and let me tell you, that's why you, when you do those, those contracts, you're going to be very specific on them, those treatment plans, because that could end up in court. It could end up in a court fight. You know, I ended up in a CPS case testifying and... Uh, my mistake was is that I wrote client will 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 be client will attend all groups. Well, she attended. She didn't participate at all. But the treatment plan just said that she'll attend. So that's she did. She did. She attended. So I learned from that moment on my treatment plan say client will attend and participate. Okay, so it, the wording is very important. So that is a motivational technique, a treatment plan. Because I can tell you that in our out, if you're living in our, uh, resident, in our uh, transitional living, to live in our transitional living, you have to be compliant with your treatment plan, with your contract. In other words, if your treatment plan says you're going to be in this many groups a week, you will be. If it says you're going to do this many 12-step meetings, you will. If it says you're going to be compliant with your psych meds, you will. Your treatment plan, you signed it, you said you're going to be. It's a contract, okay? And abuse, now tracks on. And abuse is very much, everybody know what anabuse is? And abuse is something you take and if you drink alcohol after taking it, you will become violently ill. That is a motivation, not to drink alcohol. Very much. Becoming violently ill doesn't excite people generally, okay? Designing, designing a reading or writing assignments, okay? So giving people assignments is a motivational technique, okay? And then making sure you as a counselor follow up on those assignments. It's not going to do me any good to give Ray this, hey, Ray, write me a story about your dream life and what it's going to look like. And then I never check in with Ray to see if he's done it, okay? Um, Urine tests, it's very motivational to know that if you're going to get urine tested, you might not want to drink or use. Okay? Signature cards at meetings and groups. 
You know, if our clients go away for the weekend, they're supposed to come back with the signature card proving that they've been away, they've been in uh, a meeting, at least one, t one meeting for every night they've been out. Okay? Does that make sense? And they'll come back with their signature card proving that. Okay? Not that they couldn't forge them, but I know I did, but. You're getting better around the stuff. Right. Learn the tricks of the training yeah. right. some of the folks who've done it. Right. Well, plus, if you're in our community, you know, we know the people doing the meetings, so it's like, oh, Saturday night, that's us, the secretary. No, no, you know, something like that. But. Yeah, All right. Uh, you know, I remember about my outpatient program. They never, never required us to do any uh, signing. But what we did is discuss what we got out of it. Mm. Nice. Absolutely. Right. Right. That's great. That's a good idea. Uh, require a sponsor with set time. So I look at that in two different ways. I can look at that in two different ways. Uh, I'm going to require that you have a sponsor with a certain amount of clean time themselves, but I'm also going to could require that you have a sponsor within a certain amount of time. Okay? Does that make sense? Yes? Hello, is anybody out there? Um, if possible or applicable, arrange for job monitoring and support systems. Um, involve your clients, family, friends, colleagues, whenever it's possible or appropriate. So involving people in the treatment episode of the client can be very motivational. Assisting clients in setting attainable goals, short, short and simple at first and then more important and long-term as time passes, okay? Those are just some examples of motivational techniques, okay? Just some. There are more, okay? Um, 